Hello and welcome to Running for the Bus, presented by BKDMC and hosted by me, Ben Kelleher. Whether you're joining us on the run, on the bus, or whilst you're running for it, we're so pleased to have you here. On this episode, we're going to be speaking to multi-marathoner, triathlete and Ironman, the Urban Challenger. Plus, we'll be meeting our first ever rookie runner, who has overcome life-changing health issues and is now ready to take on an incredible running adventure, supported by our elite coach. So, let's get started. So our first ever guest on Running for the Bus is marathon runner, triathlete, Ironman, Under Armour ambassador, and husband and father to two as well. Recently, he completed the San Sebastian Marathon, where he set out to get a new personal vest. We're going to find out a bit more about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. And we met last year, down at the Excel, actually, uh, when we were both taking part in the London Triathlon. Um, so it's a pleasure to welcome Michael, also known as the Urban Challenger. Michael, how are you? All good. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for being our first guest. Mm -hmm. uh, really appreciate it. So first of all, just talk me through how did it go in Spain? How did it all go? It went amazingly. It was the first... It's weird. I was going to take my family. Um, mm -hmm. But my wife was like, no, go on your own. Um, like it was a mission. It was a mission. Um, sent out there. To <laughs> sent out there to complete something and I didn't have to sleep in the bed with return, kids. Yeah, return with, with my bed kids. with my boys. It was amazing. So, um, yeah, got good sleep. Went really well. Um, my PB before I went there was 4.12. Mm -hmm. And then when I finished it, I finished with 3.51. Smashed So, uh, yeah, 20 minutes off the PB. Yeah. It went well. Really, really good. Really good. Well, not me. That's really good. Yeah, that's like 20 minutes, like you say. So, sort of, how did you get that? Because a lot of people say to me, uh, how do you how do you crunch sort of those sort of times off? Like twenty minutes is a big chunk. So like, mm. what did you do? Did you have like a plan? Like, what did you follow? Yeah, well, you know what? I've never ever trained for a marathon, and I've done that was my eighth one. So really? you know, I just winged, winged, wung, whatever the word is. I just did that the whole way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this was the first one where I actually trained for, and um, it went. <laughs> it shows you if you train for something, it works, right? Yeah. Um, so I actually followed a plan, which was only like a hundred day plan, um, and the maximum I ran. In my lead up to it was only 14k. That's pretty short, isn't it? Exactly. That's, so it's really short. In so fact. yeah, it's, re it's like really unconventional. Yeah, it was um, like 10. I sort of do things in miles. That's like 10 miles, sort of thing. Like if that, miles. if yeah, that, like miles. eight miles. So yeah, um, that's that's like well, for when I did Chicago, mm -hmm. I think the furthest I did was 22, just like a couple of weeks before. So that's right. like a third of that. So that's yes. still still quite constrained, isn't it? Like oh, uh, it was it's amazing. A big, big jump up. Like how how did it feel when you go from that sort of distance then coming into a marathon like because it's all kind of a uh, heart rate based mm -hmm. so like you're, you're meant to be running to your heart rate and not focusing on the distance or where you are so yeah. technically you should be consistent the whole way but you know obviously yeah. you know, eventually your heart rate you miss that and you're like all right let's just hang on for dear life yeah but just, yeah that felt good yeah see i, I always find that cycle around like 20 22 on that right now it's like the hard slog <laughs> i feel like if i'd only like dropped to like nine i'm like that's coming in at like 11 like, yeah I was like in New York, even though I sort of I did Berlin a few weeks before. As soon as I uh, like went to do New York, I was like ten miles in. It was like the different sort of conditions mm. and it being quite warm. Like, was it warm where you were? Like, obviously it's in Spain, so. Yeah, no. Even though it was in Spain, it was definitely the coldest day in Spain ever. Like, it was like <laughs> I think in the morning it was like five degrees, so it was cold. That is cold, yeah. Real cold. But when you're running, it was just like, oh, this is perfect. It's kind of ideal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the hotter it gets, is the harder, I think. Exactly. Because you can get warm within like 20 minutes. 
if you can't like, yeah you can't like, get cold right like, you've so. got like fire engines on the streets like trying to like cool you hose down. you down they, yeah that's what they did in new york they literally had fire engines like just spraying out like every mile just trying to get you along so but that was pretty brutal but so so you were saying so you followed a plan yeah and, and yeah it was a uh, yeah first plan i've actually followed followed um and it all worked out really so yeah came to race day and i was ready i was prepared it was all about the rest right yeah, yeah um yeah. and recovery and um i was just itching to just get it done um mm-hmm. and yeah i felt felt real good yeah that so that was your eighth one and you, yeah you said you never had a plan before yeah no nah, yeah so my first marathon i just did Rock, it rocking up yeah and people were like oh you're gonna do a marathon i was like yeah go on then um <laughs> so i did that and then where was that which one was that that was brighton brighton's oh, really? my first ever one is that uh, quite flat i don't know what brighton's like yeah they say it's flat i think there is a hill in there it was i did that in 2018 um but it is, yeah, pretty much flat. It's not you're not gonna suffer on any hills. Yeah. Um. Done. Yeah. And then so I'm, when you when you got into that, like, obviously you just said, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna turn up yeah. and do it. Were you doing like other stuff before though? Like, what were you sort of? I've always been running. Yeah. Um. And I've always been training in some way. So like, doing the marathon, up to that point, I only did a half. I think that was the furthest I ever ran. So, yeah. In my head, I was like, I can do half. Yeah. I can do the full right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it never translates that way. As soon as you break that... It's like, I, I've said that for years. I'm like, oh, yeah, if you can do a half, you can do You're a full. fine. And then as soon as I got back into it, because I had a bit of a break between when I did London, because I did London when I was 18. Okay, wow. That was, like, the first one got in on the ballot, like, first first time. Lucky. Literally, unbelievably, yeah. I, I got in when I was, well, I was 17 when I got in. Bloody and did it in the March. Or, no, April, wasn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, six months later. So I found out on the Friday, and then did six days just every week for like six months and uh but it was like that and then i sort of just didn't really do like i did running mm-hmm. afterwards but i didn't get back into it like fully like i was sort of doing a run every couple of like maybe once or twice a week if that okay um and then it was like you know when you get back into it like coming back in after sort of well berlin was the first one in like eight years Jeez. and i say like, during that period i've been like oh yeah yeah if you can do it, if you can do a half, to everyone, it's like, you'll be fine. Yeah, no, I, I know, I've had the experience, like, I've done it, so like, you know, but as soon as, as soon as I was getting back in, and I was getting to a half, I was like, I do not want to go any further than That's this, it. like, it is that sort of thing, it's, it's, I wonder what it is like, in terms of getting past that, it's, it's sort of building up, right? I think, yeah, I think, I, I think that, based on what I did with this training plan, I think, we go into our marathons typically just over, like over, just tired, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. people are running thirty k's before they actually yeah, go in. Like they're literally doing. Some people are doing like the week before. Yeah, yeah, rest. So I think that's one thing I learned from this: just going in really, really rested. Um, didn't even do like a shakeout. It was like really, it was like be rested, make sure yeah, you're yeah. eating and all this stuff, and yeah. Mm. So I think that's the one thing people. Especially if you're doing a marathon and you're newer, mm-hmm. I think that's where this kind of plan would come in to, you know, yeah, to help yeah, you. Definitely. Because nobody really wants to spend, you know, a Sunday running thirty k in preparation for the race. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that every. No. Nah. Like maybe building it up closer to like you might get a couple of days coming in, but but it sounds like you rested really well. So you. <laughs> Oh, I was like, sleeping like a baby. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, it was all good. Really good. <laughs> that's amazing. To be fair, to go from. From doing that to mm-hmm. then getting up to there, um, so sort of now, like obviously you're known as the Urban Challenger. Yeah. What? what tell me about the name first of all. How did you get that name? <laughs> um. Uh. So. So. It, I think it always started. My missus was a, or still is a blogger, um, and she ran quite a successful blog. Like she's won a few awards, and I was. She was always like, 
in the background type in a way and I think sure. I think I was a bit jealous I was just there like <laughs> like a pleb not doing much right I'm running, I'm doing all this sports yeah, really, I, I yeah. should be in on this well you know I was, I was always into sports but I never did run in like I do now yeah um, and I was like oh, what can I write about um, and she was like well she invited me to an ob- obstacle course race um, sure, yeah. did that and I was like oh I love that yeah. and she was like why don't you explore that avenue mm-hmm. um, and I was like alright cool what should I call the blog she was like oof Brixton boy or urban, you like challenges or oh, challenger? Oh, there it goes. It works. The urban uh, challenger. So it's just stuck that one there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's not changed. That's since. how you got it. Nice, nice. So what sort of got you into like like doing these endurance sports? Like you sort of say you did it from a young age or? Well, I've always done sports, um, cricket, rugby, uh, football with the lads and stuff like that. Um, but then I think when I got to when she invited me to that obstacle course race, it kind of spurred something on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I really enjoy this. But now all the training was de- dedicated to getting better at that. Yeah. So running is a massive part of that. And that's what really pushed the running for me. Yeah. Um, and anyway, like, my neighbour was running anyway. So he would always be like, oh, mate, you coming out today? I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah. let's do it. So, <laughs> you know, I think that built me up. And then, yeah, from there, it kind of took off. Yeah, and at least from there, it sort of... But that was sort of what I was going to ask next, sort of like what got you into it. But it sounds like mm. sort of getting that first sort of push, yeah. sort of getting you in. And then what sort of drives you? Because I feel like you, mm. you like when I sort of see, obviously we met in was it July or August? Yeah. Start of August, right? Yeah. And uh, like we sort of were talking then, but since then I just sort of see you were doing like events. Race, m- race, most yeah. Weekend. <laughs> like it's like you're like one week you're doing like an Ironman, next week you're doing <laughs> some obstacle thing, then you're doing this marathon in, in San Sebastian. Like mm-hmm. what keeps that drive? Like how do you keep it going? So it's just, I think the main thing that I've always been about is just continuous improvement, right? And um, getting better each time. I'm like, I'm not, I do like the races I do, but I'm not really competing with everyone else. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's generally a me thing, mm-hmm. which sounds kind of selfish, but um, I think you can always get better no matter what you're doing, right? So mm-hmm. for me, it's always been, all right, yeah. I've completed that, what's next? Definitely. And I think that's why I'm always doing a different event because there's always something harder than what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So why can't I do that? Yeah. And I think you just it's just working my way up to that. Yeah, yeah. That's, the pinnacle of whatever. That's the is. thing, isn't it? I mean, that is, that's always the thing. It's like, I was talking to somebody before about like, how you have like, the, t- the time that you have and the mm-hmm. time that you use and, and how you choose to use it. Mm. Like, so like, if you, like people say, oh, I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. And like, obviously, we've talked about like, why this podcast is called Running for the Bus. It's yep. like the idea that nobody... Like, like they sort of say, oh, I couldn't do this. I, I, I can't even run for that bus. Like, I can <laughs> do the running for the bus. So, it's it's the sort of thing that you can you can do it. You can push yourself, and it's like I think once you get yourself into something, once you whether it be like a five k or like what our sort of rookie runner is going to be talking about later, mm-hmm. or like sort of getting yourself into that first step yes. is is the key. It's it's getting yourself there. For for me as well, like similar to what you're sort of saying, is mm. I have to have a sort of goal. I have to have something to work to. Right. Like I say, when I did London, I. I did it and I was like, great, I smashed that, like, that's done. <laughs> like, oh, I'm a marathon runner, one down, that's me, good. And then it was like, when I sort of went to do another one, I was like, well, I've got to do two. So that's why I did Berlin and New York within sort of six weeks. Which okay. Um, it's like, I'm going to do two back to back. And now I'm sort of doing the other the other four sort of majors. I've just obviously done that. Mm. Well, yeah, I, think it, I think it was always the, when I was doing the blog stuff, like it was about, I am a, like a normal dude, right? Like I'm not a paid athlete. I'm not sure. that guy, but... I do, I, I'm a normal guy and I want to achieve stuff. So it's kind of showing everyone else you can do it as well, right? And I think yeah. that was how 
my blog started and that's what I was really pushing. Like, we can all get involved if we try it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the, that's the basis. Yeah, it's just making that first step. Yeah. And then it is that, isn't it? I think once you, to say, even if you've had like a gap, if you've not been doing it for a mm-hmm. while, a lot of people when they get like a little bit older, they're like, oh, no, when, when I was your age, maybe, but not now. So <laughs> I've heard that before and it's like, well, yes, you can. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm, you probably see stories of people doing it. They're like 92. I think there was a lady in, in Tokyo I saw recently. She was like 92. Oh, no. Literally, just unbelievable. But, but obviously, like you say as well, you do like different events and different disciplines. Yeah. Which is interesting to me because I'm mainly mainly running. The first sort of foray out of that, you could say, was when I did the triathlon with you in the summer. And right. uh, it was like a completely different thing. And I remember saying to you, like, I was like, I'm completely out of my death. <laughs> like, I felt like a total newbie. I didn't, I didn't even turn up with a, with a wetsuit. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I just, I turned up with a tri-suit because that was, I, I looked online, I'd done my research. I was like, tri-suit, I'm good to get. I like got one. Got one delivered, and then literally on the day, I was like, "Do I need a wetsuit?" And they're like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah." There's there's a place over there. It's gonna cost you about three hundred pound. Good luck on that journey. And uh, but, but yeah, so it was it was definitely like one of those things where you it was it was good. Mm-hmm. I, when I first arrived there, I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm so out of my depth. This yep. is really weird." I remember like sort of texting some friends and being like, "This is really weird. This this feels weird." What am I doing like, yeah, here? Why have I done this? I'm, I've got a bike now. I've got I'm, I'm getting in the water and doing all this stuff. Like it's such a such a change of sort of mm-hmm. setting and like, but it is it's important to like push yourself out there and do it. And I think that like with you sort of how do you how do you sort of mix between the disciplines? Like how do you judge mm. them? So I think yeah that that whole thing there of like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. So when I started triathlon, that mm-hmm. was it for me. I was like, right, I've not I've never completed running right, but like mm-hmm. I thought I can run. I do it all the time what's next and triathlon seemed smart and then I got invited to a triathlon so um, for me it was just like you know what I barely ride a bike (laughs) I can barely swim Uh this is kind of the perfect moment for me to jump into it so um, it is that thing where you're uncomfortable and I think the more uncomfortable you are the the better you'll progress because like you know it's too easy to get stagnant 100%, 100%, yeah. So, um, yeah, jumping into a triathlon is definitely the... I've, like, I remember when I met you and I saw you and I was like, mate, <laughs> you didn't really read <laughs> the rules at, on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but, he thinks he can run, but yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, the, that's the best thing about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Seeing it's, people do, do you it. Could, if, you, if you turn up there and you went, oh, no, no, no like, I'm not this. Like, it's, it's, it's jumping in, yeah. making mistakes. And like and it's that thing, is, well, I can't remember exactly the multiple, it's the idea of, like the best things on the side of, of fear, right? That's the idea. Mm. That's what it says. Anything that you want to do, is it that's enjoyable, worthwhile, is on the other side. So yep. even though it might feel scary, it might feel like, or it might feel like I can't be bothered. Like you know, it's like it's also that. Like, <laughs> Just it, get up and do it. Yeah, like it is. Like when you you know, if you've been busy all day and you're you're coming home and mm-hmm. it's like it's dark outside, and you know, like this this is you know like January and like if everybody is like getting out there now but it's a, it's a struggle yeah it's like I, I saw something the other day as well it's like where it's like you, when you're sort of about to go on a long run and you just spend about 20 minutes sort of procrastinating about it and like <laughs> staring okay, at well, your yeah, shoes yeah do I you know what, how far and how long well if I leave if I get a bit faster I can leave in like I can leave another 10 <laughs> you know what I mean so it's just trying to keep that motivation isn't it like through all of those different things mm. and and it is that sort of thing of trying to keep keep yourself in, enjoying it because even though it might seem like it's a bit of a push or a bit of a bit of a change to your life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is that sort of thing of trying to get there and trying to like as with you as well. I feel like I've I've seen you pushing buggies around courses. Oh like, man, you've kind of had to adapt to like dad, dad t- life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, change. yeah. <laughs> it's more so because I'm trying to get my girls into it. Um, yeah. So like I'm like, all right, 
what's the best introduction? Just dash them in a buggy and push them up a course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, my oldest, um, she's uh, she runs now, which is really? amazing. I bought her a pair of under like trainers, and she yeah. was like, "Oh, dad, trainers." I was like, "These are for running." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nothing else. So like, she, you know, what, to the disco. <laughs> yeah, so she's involved now. Like, she sees me leaving, and she's like, "Oh, can I come with you?" And I'm like, "Oh, we'll go. We'll go later." So like. That's something I love. I wanted to get her into it, and the other one's too small. But um, she, you know, eventually she's she'll got, get she's involved. Got some anyway. <laughs> That's it. So um, yeah, I think it's just I want I want it to be an enjoyable thing, enjoyable thing for me and my family. Yeah. Because I spend so much time doing it. Yeah, you want so to if, be a part of it. So if I can get them involved, I don't feel as guilty about leaving them. Yeah. Uh, do you think you're going to be on the course with them in the future or are you going to be like on the side cheering them on like how do you think it's going 100%, to 100% 100% yeah. she's um, <laughs> so we, we've got a little 10 day challenge where we got to do a kilometre a day for yeah. 10, uh, 10 days um, nice. and she was like oh dad can we do it now and I'm like oh I've got to go to London real quick yeah. <laughs> um, but she's yeah she's she's just raring to go and I, I just I that's love amazing. that yeah. that's, I feel like that's, that's the thing as well it's like showing them that showing them mm-hmm. what you're doing it's got to be. It's got to be inspiring to them. They've got to see that and be like. I hope so. Like, I think a lot of. How old is she? She's nearly four. Yeah, so I don't know how many four-year-olds are getting out on the, <laughs> on the trap, but I think it does. It does definitely inspire them. I yeah. I did a thing recently in, in Corfe Castle in uh, Dorset. And okay. The, it's like a maverick uh, duck. Oh yeah, event, yeah, yeah. And maverick. it's like literally, yeah, it was like a trail again, completely different because mm. uh, it was a trail event. So I hadn't done a trail event before. Oh wow! Rocked up in my uh, road running shoes. <laughs> Literally, I was like. <laughs> I hope they weren't a carbon pair. They were like they were the, the uh, hocker ones. Right, 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 right. But they right. weren't the hocker trail ones. <laughs> I have since got a hocker trail pair because I was like, literally, I, I was going ice skating. Honestly, it was the water was up to my uh, up to my knees. Like it was so so heavy, and I did like the medium one. And then I heard about right. people afterwards. I was, I was somebody the other day, and they said they were up to their hips. Gee, they did the long oh, one. The I was long like, one. Thank goodness. I like because it was only like a month after I'd come back to Chicago. So I, was like, I just did a medium. I was sort of like you know not done it before. And honestly, I was like, we started out on the road and you're like running and I was like, like, I was in the front of the pack. I was like, yeah. this is great. I'm like, this is new. Like, and then suddenly you're getting to like on the Reality grass. And I was hits. like, Bambi on there. I was like, only on grass as well. I was like, and then there's cows looking back at me and you're looking down and it's like a sheer drop then just like coming down this thing. I'm literally like skating my hands on the floor. I was absolutely covered in mud, but it was really fun. It was really good to get into it. But it was like, but that was one, the reason I did it, the reason because I've got some family in Dorset. And right. And like I've, I've sort of had like my dad's come out to, to New York with me. My friends have come out to Berlin and, and uh, Chicago and, and all the rest. And so it was for like my nieces and for, for them, they've they've not been able to see that. So I often get like little video messages and different things. And I was like, why don't I go do one and endorse it? It's fun one. So, so they came along. And then my niece afterwards was like, she's she's uh, just turning eight. So okay. she, she was like, um, I'm going to, I want to do it next year. I'm going to come and do the 5K. I'm going to do it because there was kids there. And so yeah. I was like, yeah, come along, come do it. So Amazing. I think that is that thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's if you want, if you want to sort of set the standard, right? Like you want to, you want them to go on and do things and achieve things. So yeah. I think. you got to show it. you got to show up. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so sort of, you've sort of said about doing like Ironman events, mm-hmm. right? Uh, triathlons, obstacle races, marathons, sort of, how do you, how do you sort of prepare for each event? Like, maybe take a couple of them like yeah uh how do i prepare stupidly not that well i think most of the time my preparation is by doing races Mm -hmm. so like where i'll have a race every weekend that race is actually not a 
it's not really a race some folks it's just training for the race the a race that i have in that year sure. so um every year build up of races 100 percent. like every year i have a couple of races that i'm like okay these are my dedicated ones mm-hmm. and then all the other ones kind of lead up to that Sure. How do you set that? Do you set that out like at the start of the year, or do they just sort of build up? Maybe like ah, well, I I would love it to be as nice like, and set up like this is what I'm this doing. Is what I'm doing in July, like. But you know, I get I get invited to different races, so I'm like, and I'm a sucker. You know, I just like yeah, let's go. Um, so yeah, you throw yourself right in. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Do you say? Do you ever say no? You're like, not not this year. Is it just because of maybe a conflict more than anything? To like, events, yeah. To events, I don't really say no. Like, I'm yeah. usually there. Um, take it on. you can generally rely on me to be at a race if I've been invited to it and um, the only time I'll say no is if um, something's in the calendar and yeah. the wife says you, you're not going this time yeah. so um, yeah like literally I'm, I'm there nice nice and so so yeah so you just approach them differently you take them on and you're sort of like do you, so you use those races to sort of as then like tent pole and then you use them yes. to get you there yeah 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 right. 100%. Nice. and so like what do you think this is quite a hard one, like in terms of what's what's your biggest challenge today or what you think could be your biggest challenge if you're uh, coming up maybe. So I I know so I've got a I've got a deal with my wife. Um so obviously I took on a set I took on a outlaw um which is a seventy point three distance. So mm-hmm. the same as a half iron man. Mm-hmm. Um and I really want to do the full. Yeah. You know, which is a silly challenge to take on. Yeah. I I would have tried I would have tried that next year, but mm-hmm. I think it, it takes so much time in training, mm-hmm. and that's something that I will train for and prepare for properly. So um, I've saved that for twenty twenty five. Cool. So outlaw full is my twenty twenty five goal. Yeah. And that's um that's the I that's the main that's the main thing. Whereabouts is that? Where do they do that? Nottingham. Oh okay. Cool. So yeah, once I've completed that, I've completed everything. I'm done. That's it, you're out. Yeah, I'm out. Uh, count me out, I'll be, yeah. I'll be on the side cheering, Mate, cheering the girls on. That's it, I'm done. <laughs> I don't believe it, I don't <laughs> believe it. Um, and so, like, what, like, it's sort of a similar question, but it's, it is different because it's like, what's, what do you think has been like the most rewarding for you? Like, what do you find is the most sort of satisfying? Mm. Definitely, I think s- setting a, setting a goal, setting a goal and actually doing it and hitting mm-hmm. it. I think, I, I am a, I do like doing loads of stuff. Um, and I do like setting out what races I want to really um, take part in, right? Mm-hmm. And I think just being able to do it and saying, oh, you know what? I've achieved that. And I really, I was, if I'm working up to something and I achieve it, I feel really good. Yeah. Um, if I don't achieve it, but I've given it everything, yeah. I still feel quite good because I know that I worked hard for it. Sure. So, you know, I think taking my the failures as a lesson is always a big yeah. thing because, yeah. you know, I think, the best people fail all the time. Hundred um, percent, and I'm, I'm one of them. So definitely, definitely, man. I think it's it's quite hard as well, isn't it, when you get into the running regularly and doing it more, because you you do start to sort of have these pre-existing targets. Mm. Like I think a lot of people think, oh, you've done a marathon, you, you can do as many as you want. Yeah, and it's actually like like building up to Chicago. I, I did like a twenty-two miler a, a few weeks before, right, um, and then I tapered off after that. So I usually do. My the longest distance maybe like two or three weeks before and then okay. I'll, I'll taper down. Um, I know like you say some people are doing like twenty four miles the weekend before and I'm like why let let wow. it go enjoy the break. Like, <laughs> but uh, but yeah I, I did that in it's around September I think in in London mm-hmm. and I remember getting it up to just up to around St Paul's yeah absolutely roasting and ru- I'd run out of water I took two with me it's that hot <laughs> I'd run out of water there was nowhere to get in and I was absolutely done and it was mm-hmm. one of those things where you. You even though you've done it before and you've you've done these ones, you do start to think, oh, 
like I'm doing it like you're, you're actually doing well you're, and it's it's to try and not put the pressure mm. on yourself because it's like you start to think actually you know you, you start to pile it on you start to say yeah. okay well maybe yeah okay well, I, I can do it but I before I did it at this time or like 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 in New York for example I'd, six weeks before I did it in 339 30 and right. when I did it there and then in New York I knew it was going to be hard I knew because everyone had said New York's the, the distance is it's obviously the same, the but bridges, it's, the, it's the bridges, mm-hmm. and that one's actually the hottest on record, actually, in New York. Um, <laughs> so even even people I know who've done, like, over 100 marathons, they did that one, and they're like, that was hard, wasn't it? I was like, tell me about it. It was really hard. So it was, that was that was definitely the hardest one I've done mm-hmm. for me, um, because it was just a, a push to try and to keep going after you've gone past that sort of time. Yeah. Like, after you've gone past 3.39, I knew in my head I wanted to say, like, under four if possible. So yeah. that was kind of, like, pushing... And it's a slog, and it. But you do have to kind of be, be a bit, bit easier on yourself, like mm. you know, because what you're doing is still amazing. Like one percent of the world, right? that's, yeah, that's and a stat that everyone throws. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like you're, you're getting along, going, ah, oh, well, it's not good enough. Like my face is dropped <laughs> in this. I think, I think it's too easy to compare yourself to everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. So like, um, sometimes you've got to take yourself out of that equation and be like, listen, look what I'm doing here. Exactly, and yeah. this is insane. Yeah, and most people will look at you and be like. You're doing a you're doing a marathon, mate. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so obviously it's it's not the easiest thing to understand if you don't do marathons or have run that kind of distance or anywhere near it. But I think knowing how hard it is yourself, yeah, definitely take some kind of like praise from the fact that you're able yeah. to do it in the first place. Yeah, I think it's a bit like as, as well with like performing or anything like that. Mm. Like when I've done performing and different things, and I've talked to other performers, it's the same thing. People do. The, different shows and they do stuff repeatedly yeah. and they become more critical that the, the mm-hmm. highest the people who are the most critical are the most successful usually yeah. because they're they're critiquing what they've already done and I think it's kind of that thing of the big thing I think that I find from performance is bring what you have on the day mm. like what you have on the day like whether it's like the voice if you're singing or whatever it is that's what you have on the day you can't bring anything else so right. if you're turning up to a marathon or if you're turning up to a 5k or if you're turning if you're turning up basically, mm-hmm. for a run. As long as you get out there and you do it... Totally. And you finish it, like mm-hmm. you say, and that's 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 the key. That's the goal. And mm-hmm. then anything else is, is, is a bonus. That's like, I'm always... Whenever anyone asks me like that time, I have my own times, I have of my course. own things that I want to work to. I'm always like, I, I will crawl across the line. That's that's the, <laughs> that's the goal. We've got to make it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, obviously, being in January, it's uh-huh. notoriously... A, Busy time of the year yep. for everyone to get into their new sort of fitness plans. Yep, new year me, new yep, me. Exactly. Um, one of the stats that I found uh, was that apparently 80% of people join a gym in January yep. and they're quit within five months. Apparently that's the, that's the ratio. Mm-hmm. So obviously not a great one. Um, <laughs> why do you think it is and sort of what advice would you give to people to avoid mm. falling into that statistic? I think... Probably, obviously, January is it's, it's always that new year thing, right? And I think too many people fall into the trap of waiting for the new year to do something new. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been like, just do it now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something I really push at home as well. Like, if my missus says I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to wait until then, then, then. And I'm like, no, let's start now. Like, yeah. what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And really, nothing changes with the new year, right? Yeah. So why are you waiting to try and change with the new year? I think it's just, you're mm-hmm. wasting time. It's a, it's a bit of procrastination, right? Yeah. Um, it's the mindset rather than the time, right? Like, that's I think it. that's the thing with like these people like in that sort of statistic who are falling into mm-hmm. it, which, you know, well, I feel like probably we've all done at different times. You sort of set a target 
and when you set it so far in advance as well, like in January, this is going to happen. Yeah, like you're, you're sort of delaying it. And forget then January and just do it now. And yeah, I think it's the pressure of the build up as well, yes. right? Because as soon as if you take a day as a rest day, you're like, well, I've dropped it now. I may as well take tomorrow. And I, mm-hmm. as if you don't, if you just jump in, you say, okay, well, I'm going to have a rest day then. I'll, I'll put some days in, like you say, take the rest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, if it's that's something I always like, even if I'm sitting at home and I, I don't want to go for that run. Mm-hmm. But it's on my plan. I'm like, oh, just do it. Just get up and do it. And I think it's easy to say because I do it all the time, right? Sure. But I think even for someone that ha- doesn't do this stuff, um, but if you want to start something, just really just do it. Yeah, and that enough. will help you so much because once you start, you're just like, oh, it's yeah. okay. Right. So 100%. Get on. 100%. So this is sort of bring us to the final question. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the interviews that we do, this is the thing we're going to ask. So what's the best advice for someone who says, I could never do that, I can't even run for the bus. Boom. Um, so kind of leading back to what we were just talking about, just get, just do it. I think you don't understand how much you can do until you try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to be a half marathon, 10K, 5K runner. Yeah. Um, if you can run a mile, if you can run one kilometre, you're, you're already doing something that most people won't do. Definitely. So just understand that you can do it. Mm-hmm. and you, you you don't have to compare yourself to anyone either I think because we live in a social media age everyone's comparing themselves to someone else so um, just go and do you I think it's run your own race is what I always say run your own race regardless how far how short how distance whatever how fast I'm just get out there and do it Rookie Runner is the section of the show where we welcome someone who is new to running and ready to take on a racing challenge. They will have their own plan tailored for them by our elite coach and receive weekly support and advice. We're going to check in with them each episode to hear how they're getting on as they prepare for their big race. Plus, listeners of the show will also have access to the plan so they too can follow along if they'd like. Now, joining me, Lucy, is a 31-year-old teacher based in southwest London. She's a good friend of mine who, after a life-changing experience, has decided to sign up to become our first ever rookie runner. Lucy, welcome on board. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's all right. How are you feeling to be here? To be um, I'll be honest, I do have a cold, so forgive my nasal voice. I'm hoping <laughs> I sound like Phoebe from Friends, but if not, I apologise. But otherwise, I'm good. I'm That's excited. what you're going for. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going for Phoebe from Friends. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, first of all, I wondered if you could just sort of talk to us a little bit um, about sort of that life-changing experience I referred to, as much as you comfortable yeah sure so I'm 31 years old um when I was 29 um right before my 30th birthday literally the day before I got the news that I was being referred down the cancer investigation route Mm -hmm. so um I had a lump on my head which was getting progressively bigger Uh, after numerous unsuccessful um scans um they referred me to St George's Hospital uh, they thought it might be lymphoma, um, but an, you know after a needle biopsy, surgery to remove it, um, I finally got the news in July of that year, two thousand and twenty-two, that I had a type of cancer called a sarcoma, right. which is very rare. It was called Ewing's-like sarcoma or small round cell sarcoma. Mm-hmm. And to give you context, sarcomas overall make up one percent of all cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. um so it's very rare very under-researched um so don't look up the stats for it mm-hmm. as i did um but after that i um 
started chemotherapy in September of that year. Had 14 cycles of chemo, um, hormone suppressants, steroids, the whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. So that was my life-changing experience. I finished treatment in June of this year, um, gradually getting back to work and um, trying to get back to life and find out what life is about now. Cool. So yeah, that was my life-changing experience. Yeah, okay. Um, so as you said, that was in June um, gone by. Um, so like when you sort of find find that out, like when you got that, like how does... Because I know when obviously... We've been friends for about three or four years. Yeah. Um, like when you sort of told me about that and you said about that, you said the same thing. You're like, don't look at the stats. Yeah. Don't, don't search it up, which I'm sure everybody does, does look at the stats. And when I looked at it, I was shocked. And like as you say, it's like pretty rare, um, the form. But I'm sure like the, the feeling as well of like going through that is is a shock to anyone. And then to also have the added fact that it's so rare and yes. such a experience it's, it's quite it's quite sort of new still isn't it? it's quite fresh because it was only like you're saying obviously we're, we're recording this in, in in 2024 yeah um so it's only sort of within the last couple of couple yes of years, less yeah than that. absolutely and i will say that even just talking about it brings me so much pain still because you know i'm going through these one year mile milestones now so this time last year i was in hospital having chemo but when you're in the midst of treatment you don't have time to process it all Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think at you know at the age of twenty nine, you know everyone's celebrating their you know they're going yeah. to turn thirty. Yeah. You don't really think about your mortality, let alone cancer. So yeah. it was a huge. Um, it's so young, as you say. Yeah, and that's this, that's that's kind of the shocking thing. Yeah, like, like, obviously it's shocking no matter what. Um, but I remember like I remember sort of talking to people and saying like talking to family and sort of saying like about the situation. Sort of saying, yeah. It feels so unfair. It yeah. feels so like not right. Like it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, but like as you say, like to have gone through that and to have had those statistics, to have had that kind of situation that you're going through, and it being so dark and bleak, I would imagine. Yeah. Obviously, like and sort of quite quite lonely, like in in a way, because it's obviously you're going through it and you're trying to like keep everyone else like calm i imagine yeah. in that situation where like telling everyone don't look at it don't look at this yeah and i remember like you were super strong when you were talking to me about it like you're like it, it's, it's gonna be fine like we're gonna this is gonna be fine and and whereas the stats were not saying that yeah and like i think that was incredibly like strong yeah it. and as you say to have to have gone through that which is you know when we're sitting here now we're talking 18 months ago was when you sort of found out yeah and now, you know, and uh, your last treatment, like you say, was in, in June. In June, um, yes. So, like, it's, it's, it's quite, a lot to, <laughs> yes. quite a lot to have come from there. Absolutely. And now to be, to be where you are. Yeah, and I just think, you know, I'm very thankful that I'm still here today. Because mm-hmm. I remember, because I, like you said, I'm a primary school teacher. I remember that year, leaving school for the summer, just dumping all my stuff in my classroom and thinking... I don't know if I'm going to come back. So um, the fact that I, you know, I am getting back to work. I am finding what uh, what life is like now, you know, trying to get back into fitness. And uh, it's even more of a shocker is that I was one of those annoying people that used to get up at 5am every morning, (laughs) go to the gym before work. Um, You know, I was really into fitness. I was like the fittest physically I'd been 
in ages and my goal actually was to be as fit as possible by my 30th so mm. to be hit with that diagnosis and then to go through those eight eight months 14 cycles of chemo uh, various um challenges along the way um and even now actually um even like people expect you know once you finish treatment that you're fine and yes my latest scans are fine but unfortunately i do have a lot of side effects post-treatment such mm. as you know issues with my joints um hormone issues you know yeah. lots of things like and that's just the physical side of things let alone the mental side of things yeah so yeah overall i am trying to find, take each day as it comes and i'm grateful that i am still here um but ultimately the one thing that changed for me was changing my mindset into thinking why not me like mm-hmm. why not me to have cancer like what makes me so special mm-hmm. to not have it so you know I spent so much time thinking oh why me why me all this stuff but really why not me because mm. you know I'm just an average person just like everyone else so that really switched things for me yeah. yeah that's such an interesting way to look at it as if like yeah like why as opposed to sort of feeling sort of why can't it? it's almost like well it's happening so yeah like how are we gonna get through exactly get exactly um I think like sort of what you're saying there as well like overcoming like that experience like it's obviously changed your outlook on things like you say you you were already pretty fit you're a healthy person you were doing all these things we know this podcast is like called running for the bus because everybody always says can't do it i can't run for the bus i you know i i, can't, I could never run a marathon i can't even run a mile all of that sort yeah. of stuff and i think the real thing is the, the key thing here is like you, what you're saying is like you're, you've done you've fit before you've gone through this experience which has had such an impact on you um and so now you're you know you, you're sort of six seven months down the line and you're you're doing this you're sort of signing up to be this this rookie runner so to speak and 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 you're going to talk to us about the event you're going to do um like what sort of has brought you to that like what's like how has your outlook changed and how's that had an impact I think generally generally speaking, my outlook's changed. Um, I mean, so many things have changed in my life, and I'm still trying to figure out what my new life looks like. Mm-hmm. But I know that I want to get back to being fit and being happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I mean, it might sound vain, but, you know, even something as simple as, like, weight loss. Like, so with cancer treatment, I think the expectation is, you know, people think you will lose lots of weight. And, and I even thought that going into it, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, surely at least one good thing to come out of it is I'll lose weight. Um, but unfortunately, what with all the stereos that pump you with and all the hormone suppressants uh, and all the treatment, uh, my weight actually ballooned. I, in eight, nearly nine months, I went from... So I'm five foot two. Mm-hmm. I went from 53 kilograms I was to 73 by the end of it. Wow. So I ballooned like 20 kilograms. And oh, by the end of it... Percent, yeah, and by the end of it, I, it was actually very, uh, such a struggle mm. to pull myself up out of bed every day because because of all that extra weight my I wasn't used to it and body my bones weren't used to it um so you know even something like that it might sound vain but even just like losing weight again like I've already lost I since June I have um been working with a cancer rehab specialist mm-hmm. to try and get my fitness back and um so with Nadia from U Shape she's helped me you know, regain my um, mobility. Mm-hmm. So I went from literally... She's a specialist in... Sort of she's a specialist people. in cancer rehabilitation, mm-hmm. uh, which is, as I realised from researching, not a big thing in the UK, whereas really? in other countries it's a huge um, a huge thing. But um, I literally went from, like I say, 
the 5 a.m. gym to barely walking a few hundred steps a day um, and barely leave my house out of fear from for getting ill because any time I got ill, I had to go to hospital and be admitted for antibiotics and treatment because I was at high risk of sepsis. Mm -hmm. um, so I went from, you know, only walking a few hundred steps a day to now I'm walking, you know, 10,000 steps a day. I'm able to walk to work. But like I said, I still have the joint issues, which is being investigated at hospital. Um, so hopefully that will resolve itself. Um, yeah. But yeah, the reason why I'm doing this is because I want to be able to say that I can do what I can, I could do previously. Sure. Because to be honest with you, I don't feel as if I can get past the past year without knowing that I can do what I could do before. Sure. Yeah. So the way that was, so what I was going to ask her was like, why, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to be this rookie runner? Why do you want to take on this challenge? Um, and it sounds really like, yeah. quite clear that like you want to work at. And perhaps, do you say you've got like some sort of mental barriers that you feel at the minute? And I think it's, I think it's super brave to be like, I'm actually going to do this because it feels really difficult to do. Yes. Um, it was, that sort of links in. Um, to what actually Michael was saying earlier um, about, you know, often the most difficult things have the biggest recompense. Um, and so, like, I think that it's really brave, as I said, to be doing that and to, like, to be coming here and to be doing it so soon um, as well. Um, I know, like, we're going to sort of talk about what it is you're doing um, and, and the tug and the reason why you're doing it at that time. So, um, like... You've signed up to a challenge yeah. um, that you're going to be doing. We also got our coach, which you're going to meet uh, in the next episode, um, and he's obviously going to tailor a plan towards this challenge. So, like, can you tell us what it is and why you're doing it? And so on. yeah, so um, there is a run in Battersea Park on the twenty third of March, mm -hmm. two days before my thirty second birthday. Um, wow. So, th the reason why I've chosen that one is because I want to make new positive memories um yeah. compared to my previous um few birthdays and i mean i know 5k doesn't sound like a lot to many people um i think you'll be surprised <laughs> a lot of people would say but oh really okay let's challenge. go with that um it would have been a challenge for me when i first started and yeah for everyone, so yeah don't, don't diminish it okay <laughs> right i'm gonna do 5k and um my goal is to you know finish the 5k without stopping mm -hmm. um and, you know, previous to all of this, these health issues, I actually wasn't, I was a, a short distance runner, sure. even throughout school. Um, I could, I think, at a push do 5k, stopping and starting quite a few times. Mm -hmm. So to be say I could do, to say now I can do 5k without stopping, Yeah. having gone through all this treatment um, and had all these health issues, I think, and before my next birthday would be a massive achievement for me. Yeah. And as you say, that's pretty significant because did you say it was a it was a day before. Um, so, so the day, literally the day for my thirtieth birthday, I was I got the the two week notice from the NHS saying I was being referred by down the two week cancer investigation route, mm -hmm. and um, so the run in March will be around the same part, time. So it'll be, I guess, a two year anniversary. Literally, yeah. So like the day before that, right? yeah. Before, so. That is an incredible time yeah, to do it. So, that's yeah. an incredible memory that you can make. Hopefully, I could do it. So, that's amazing, um, and you. we're going to get you there, and we're going to make sure that happens. I'll be honest, I'm feeling very nervous, because I don't think I've mentioned it yet, but when I finished treatment in June, literally two weeks after, I tried couch to 5k, mm -hmm. and I injured myself. Okay. Um, 
And I recognise now in hindsight that two weeks post-treatment it was probably a bit too soon. Uh, but that definitely did leave a bit of a... How did you go? Were you like straight out of the block sprinting? Like, oh, get me out of it. I <laughs> mean... You might as well have been. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, the first session in Couch to 5K was, I think, literally running, run 30 seconds, walk a minute or something like that, but seven sure. times. Yeah. But given that I was not even walking a few hundred steps a day mm-hmm. over nine, eight, nine months. Um, Those interval runs can be quite intense as well. So, like, it's quite a big Yeah. Big and I had the issues with my joints as well. My bones are brittle, all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely... The fear. Trepidation. Yeah. Well, in the next episode, we're going to introduce you to our running for the bus coach. He is going to present you with a tailored plan. All right. So it's going to help you and guide you along the way. So we're going to support you on that. We're going to get you ready for that 5K challenge in March in Battersea Park. And you are going to be our first ever rookie runner. We can't wait to be with you every step of the way. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Running for the Bus presented by BKDMC. Thank you to our guest, the Urban Challenger, and our rookie runner, Lucy. Special thank you to producer Meg and Space Maid for their support. On the next episode, we meet Arthur Erlinger, who tells us how he overcame substance addiction to become a 100-miler runner in the past three years. Plus, our rookie runner gets to meet the show coach and learn all about what he's got planned for her. Head over to the BKDMC Instagram page now to follow along. See you next time on Running for the Bus, where you can listen on the run, on the bus, or whilst you're running for it. <laughs>